What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey guys, glad with you here. Last episode we had Caleb with us. He did a great job talking about Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and then he is finally betrayed and we saw that story. So now the passion is finally, everything's come to ahead and this is the passion narrative and things are going down. This is today where Mark chapter 14 talking about Jesus is, uh, he's before the council, before the, the well, you could say trial, but it's not really a trial. It's a joke of a trial. Um, and it's ironic because in the heading in your Bible, it says Jesus before the council, but this is the God of the universe. We know that uh, our theology tells us that Jesus is God. And so it's ironic that he is submitting himself to this. But nevertheless, the heading is called Jesus before the council. This is the Sanhedrin. You're all probably familiar with this famous section. So let's just dig into it. I'm going to breathe. Let's dig into it. Read God's word together and just feel the heaviness of this scene. Mark chapter 14, verses 53 through 65. And they led Jesus to the high priest. And all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes came together. And Peter followed from a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with the guards, warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. And some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy the temple that was made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. Yet even about this, their testimony did not agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent and made no answer. Again, the high priest asked Jesus, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his garments and said, What further witnesses do we need? You have heard this blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to strike him, saying, Prophesy! And the guards received him with blows. So this sham of a trial, we see the the conclusion is it's a foregone conclusion that they are all going to agree that Jesus is condemned. There's no point in him even saying anything. And it's just ironic because all the witnesses, like even they don't agree, but they all still reach the conclusion that Jesus deserves to die. He's going to be put to death. And so for the first point on my notes, um, this is going to be Captain Obvious, but the first point I wrote. Life in this world is unfair, and it's filled with injustice. And so life in this world is unfair. Uh, we all know that. Life is not fair, but it's it's also filled with injustice. And, you know, many of you all, the listeners, you all could probably attest to this. Some some of p- people have had, 
you know, harder upbringings, harder stories than others. You could, you know, America's pretty good, relatively speaking, but there's still injustice in the world. We could spend hours sharing stories about this, right? I remember just, just thinking about unfairness and, and injustice. I remember like one of my first experiences of this vividly. I was, uh, when I witnessed this, I was in third grade. I was always kind of mature for my age, but I remember in third grade seeing this. So there was this kid, um, I found this all out after the fact, but he was newer to our school and apparently he was getting made fun of to the point where someone threw a rock at him or something like that. And long story short, uh, I, I didn't know any of this was going on, but all of a sudden I knew I was, I got called in, uh, to this kind of, it, it was almost like a, an inquisition or something. There were several different teachers, teachers, and there was like a, you know, intern and stuff like that. They were like all there. Right. So it was not just my teacher. It was just a bunch of teachers and they pulled all these guys, all the, the kids from just random classes, like all sorts of people. And they were like really grilling us about, Hey, did you make fun of this guy? Did you make fun of And they said his name and like, I didn't even know who they were talking about because he was newer student. And so when they said his name, I didn't have a, an image of what this guy even looked like. So, I mean, I, I didn't even know the guy, but I was being accused with this group of other boys of picking on him and, and just being part of the, you know, ganging up on this kid. I didn't even know him. And truly like I had nothing to do with it, <laughs> but, um, I remember, and this is where I was just like, man, like at one point they were like, they, they didn't have a specific accusation against me, but it was my turn. And I was like, well, I, I don't even know who this is. Well, I didn't do anything like, well, you know, kind of stating my innocence. And I remember one of the, one of the teachers, he said, uh, well, if, well, would you have made fun of him if you were there? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's, it was just like, and I got suspension in school suspension with all this other kids because of something I might have done. I mean, I just, even as a third grader, I knew that that was like wrong. That would the injustice of that. Now, again, if you're a teacher, like I, third grade discipline is not the same as justice in a court of law. I get that. Right. They're, they're showing an example and trying to put bullying, a stop to bullying. And I would just happen to be in the way. The point is, it's like life is filled with unfair stories and, and injustice. And we see this from even an early age, but even that story and, and, and as harsh as it sounds, some of the, the really hard stories that I know you all, the listener probably have is nothing compared to what Jesus is going through. Now, now don't hear me say, I'm not minimizing what you're going, what you went through. It, it, injustice is terrible, but it pales in comparison to the, the type of injustice that, that Jesus is receiving here that will ultimately end in his excruciating death. And so let's just consider the unjust and illegal treatment of Jesus. You think about the fact that Jesus is arrested and he goes through like six hearings, like just criminal hearings in a matter of hours. Like this is overnight. It's Thursday. He gets arrested. He all of a sudden he, in a matter of hours, he's gone before three like church trials, right? Before the Jewish religious authorities. And then early in the morning, he has to go before, you know, three different civil trials uh, between these Roman political authorities. You know, you see that all in the gospels. And so, I mean, it's a rushed joke of a trial and, and, and just, Looking at the historical context of this, the violations of the Mishnah or the, the Jewish law, that all of the things that occurred in, in Jesus' so-called trial 
violated their their rules for capital cases. And so let's just go over these really quickly. First of all, trials at night were forbidden. They weren't allowed to try up have trials at night, but they're trying to hide it from the people because they don't want a big ruckus and, and rioting in the streets. So they do it at night, even though that's against the law. All right. So they do that. And then trials were not to be convened on the Sabbath or over the festival. Now this is the Passover festival. So strike two, right? Then Jesus wasn't even provided, you know, a, a defense attorney or right? he was provided no defense and he had to speak for himself. Then if he had been given a a guilty verdict, like if he had been proven guilty and convicted of that, then according to their rules, according to their laws, then he was allotted, uh, supposed to be a second day or a second session, which was, it was required. And so in other words, like Jesus has not even the ability to appeal this decision as all because of the politics of the, the Sanhedrin and the fact that they're trying to rush this thing because the, they really need to, come to the guilty verdict soon in order to send him to Pilate uh, because then they couldn't do anything over the Sabbath. Then it would be over the whole weekend before uh, they could actually have him put to death, in which case the crowd would be, you know, rioting in the streets because many people believed in Jesus. And so like they're not, they don't allow him an, even an opportunity to appeal because of the politics of how they dealt with Rome. Right. How unjust is that? Then you have the the fact that they're kind of convicting him based on this, all sorts of accusations. Most are false, but ultimately it's blasphemy is what they try to pin on him. And in, according to their rules, convictions of people who are blasphemers, who who, who did commit blasphemy, uh, first of all, to, to come to that was a, a little bit clearer that they like had directly cursed God's name than in in Jesus's case where he quotes the book of Daniel and is less obvious about it. But nevertheless, if he had been convicted of blasphemy according to their rules, then the penalty was to be death by stoning, not by crucifixion. So they break that there. there there's just so much we could go on and on about the uh, unfairness and injustice of this trial that Jesus is receiving. But ultimately. This world is unfair and it's filled with injustice. Jesus receives the worst of the injustice. But secondly, Jesus received the injustice so that we may be justified. What's amazing in this is how he, this whole time Jesus doesn't open his mouth, which is fulfilling Isaiah 53. He opened not his mouth of all the people like who could speak the world into existence by using his words he could have spoken up and put everybody else to shame and, and vindicated himself immediately. Whenever he wanted to, he chose not to because he was going to the cross on our behalf. See, many of us, we can attest to the injustice and unfairness of life. But at the end of the day, we're all held to the law, aren't we? We all know we have to give an accounting, uh, even if you disagree, like you can't deny the fact that you have a conscience or a guilty conscience and we experience shame and guilt in this world. Well, that's because we're created to be underneath a moral law. And when we don't follow the law, when we're not moral, we break that law, then we stand condemned before the holy God who made us. And so in a real legal sense, we're all 
uh, guilty, right? And, and Jesus is the most innocent, but he takes the guilty verdict on our behalf. You see this also in the book of Romans. Paul's writing about uh, Abraham and he believed God and how it was counted to him as righteousness, his faith. So Paul is exploring this concept of imputed righteousness. In other words, we put our faith in something and it is accredited to our account in a legal sense. And so he's he's exploring that. And then Romans chapter 4, verse 23, he's talking about Abraham and he's like, yeah, the words, quote, it was counted to him. We're not written just for Abraham alone, but also for ours. So the concept of something being counted, accredited to us, he's talking about that. And then he goes on and he says, it, righteousness, right, will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus, our Lord. Verse 25, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. And Jesus' joke of a trial he is the innocent God-man who is declared guilty. And we, who are the true guilty ones because of our faith in Christ and what he did for us on the cross, are counted not guilty because of our faith in him and what he did for us. And so what a huge practical application today that we can stand not guilty and we can stand justified because of what Jesus went through, the injustice and the unfairness of what he received. Thank God that we don't get what we deserve, that we get better, we get justice, we get righteousness imputed on our behalf if we have faith in Christ. I hope this uh, reading this scripture increases your love and your faith in Christ, and you all have a great day, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.